listening to Trust Me, I'm a Student, where we're talking about our teams here with co-production. If you'd like to dive deeper into what co-production actually is, you can check out our first episode, Co-Production 101. My name's Madeline, and along with being the MC of these little shows, I'm one of 11 student partners that has been involved in this co-produced evaluation of the Greater Manchester University's Student Mental Health Service. We're spicing things up this week. While I was editing, I realized that what I had on my hands was actually two podcasts. Next week, you'll get part two, where Anita and I will talk about our external partnerships. But for now, you'll be jumping into our conversation about the project's internal working partnerships. We look at the way that co-production has allowed us to carry out this unique project, how our working norms help create a safe environment for us to explore interests, skills, and creativity, and how we, in turn, then use that to create an environment where service users feel safe and empowered to share their stories. While there might be a little overlap from last week, this episode is very much focused on the work side of things, rather than how much we love our team. Because I think you know that by now. (laughs) Hi, I'm Madeline. I'm a student partner, and I've just graduated from the RNCM with a Bachelor's of Music. Hi, I'm Anita, um, and I work at the Manchester at Manchester University, um, and I'm the project coordinator. What What else has it been like working within that multidisciplinary team and, and team from different institutions? I think it's been it's been challenging at times, but also really rewarding. I think in terms of challenges, there we all speak such different languages. The, the kinds of things that we're exposed to both personally but through our courses are just so vastly different uh, and the way that we look at the world and look at um, this project even. So sometimes it's hard to um, communicate your ideas in a way that someone else will understand them if they have such a different view uh, just of the world. For example, a few of us are in music, so I think a lot of times we're very audience-focused. What does the audience want? What can we, what can we do for them? Um, how can we perform in a way? And I think sometimes other people, uh, like in social sciences, they're looking at people from a completely different perspective. They're looking at, um, you know, what what policies are are being implemented to help people to, sur- to, to, I don't know, because I'm not in that degree, <laughs> but <laughs> to, to, yeah, to, to support people, to make our systems run the way that they should, um, and just the, yeah, the way that we approach people, people as in a general people, mm-hmm. uh, is quite different. Well, I'm curious to know how has having a team with these diverse perspectives impacted on the way that you work in student mental health and facilitating workshops? Mm. I think it's been really, really useful uh, for our team to to have so many different perspectives when it comes to workshops. Um, We've got Andita and Ellie and Caitlin who are all doing psychology, so they have a really good understanding of how um, the NHS service is set up and the kinds of mental health struggles that students might be coming in with, the different treatment options there are, and I think 
especially in the beginning of the project, I wasn't very aware of that. And so it was difficult for me to stay on the same page with the service users because mm -hmm. I didn't understand mm -hmm. the service system very well. Um, and those partners really helped me to understand <laughs> what was going on and what the service users were going through. And I think Alice, Siggy, and I are very practiced in working with students and building communities and mm -hmm. a lot of, um, I think workshop facilitation is kind of like performing in a way. Yeah. Um, and so I think we could communicate with this service users um, in a way that felt really relatable and fun, I guess. Um, I was also thinking that as musicians, you do a lot of collaboration yeah. with, you know, whether that's with people you're performing with or with other people working in the, the music industry. So in a way, working within a team, that's collaboration, isn't it? Mm. And working with the service users, helping them articulate their experiences is, is a collaboration between you and the service user, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. Yeah, it's chamber music. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it's... it's what are you, what are your ideas? Can you can you help me to understand what mm -hmm, you would mm -hmm. what you would like? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that I, I like that kind <laughs> of analogy. <laughs> um, Toby said, in a few group meetings I've been to, it's been so refreshing and educational to hear the perspectives and ideas that I would not have thought of approaching um, had he done certain work packages alone, and I. I think that's a really good um, point to hit on, that we do all of these work pa packages in little groups, and it's been really nice to be able to be mentored by your peers, in a way, mm -hmm. and to, to just learn so much from people that are socially on your same level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been... Um, you know, this project is based around mental health, but doing a, an evaluation, running workshops, um, mental health, talking about experiences, I think it's been really great to have you all come in with different perspectives and different skill sets, either because of your individual life experiences or because of the courses or institutions you're at. Mm. It's... Um, yeah, I think it's something that's worked very well within the team, sharing your expertises and mentoring each other. And um, we've never had team leaders no. at all, have we? No. It's, uh, whatever combination you're working with, you, you're all sort of, it's been an egalitarian approach. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes leaders for certain projects emerge here mm -hmm. and there, but it's never it's very flexible and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and it's certainly not you know there's 11 student partners and two of them report to me yeah you no know, nobody is sort of um, given that kind of role mm. I think it's very it's very collaborative there's it never feels like we're in competition with each other mm -hmm. for any sort of top spot because it doesn't exist yeah um, yeah, yeah. I think we, we mentioned this in the leadership episode, but we're not competing for your like attention or mm -hmm, approval. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that creates a really nice 
environment where I think when you take out competition, there's something about it that people just feel so much more relaxed and uh, I think ideas flow better because you're not, you don't have your blinders on. Yeah. So you're, you're able yeah. to kind of play with ideas and see, see how they work. And yeah, I think if people can be more relaxed, then the atmosphere can be more creative. Mm. And there's enough external circumstances in this project to keep it moving forward. Yeah. You, you kind of don't need to, to create anything um, in particular. And, you know, when I was putting the first work packages up there and I was kind of thinking, shall I fit people into oh well so and so has done a, a qualitative research module shall I put them on this and we just left it open and you signed up and sometimes I think people signed up to do something they felt confident with and sometimes people thought oh I'd like to have a go at that I haven't done that before and I like that idea that um, this project could also be about you exploring different uh, work kind of um, yeah, different working skill sets, doing different things, as well as the opportunity to bring in any expertise. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the kind of first couple of work packages that we did, um, and there were things that I had no idea about. And it felt weird to be able to just sign up to anything. Like, who am I to say that yeah. I'm going <laughs> to edit this video. I've never worked with video editing software, but as you said, it's that opportunity to, to try things out and to learn, I think, especially with our, our age group, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's such, a, such an opportunity. Um, and from that very first work package of people like, I, I don't know how to edit a video. Do you, do you know any software? <laughs> um, now I'm editing all the recruitment videos and, and having a lot of fun learning like very professional software that I could then take into the workplace mm -hmm, later mm -hmm. and that wouldn't have come out if I had kind of stuck to my lane. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really benefited the project mm. as well because I think that probably your outputs are going to be um, much more, you're going to be part of your outputs. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be much more sort of engaging and impactful, I think, because you've put yourself into them. Mm. I think, too, because we've worked now for a while with each other and we've learned from each other, like, I've got a little bit of a taste of the social science stuff. So now I can see, oh, how, how could that work in with what we're doing, you know, for the podcast or recruitment? Um, so I've, I've got a better idea of like how to connect all those things, and mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. probably a lot of the other student partners have the same. And I think you know sometimes these projects they can be sort of more psychology student based, but I think um, while they definitely bring a very strong and relevant skill set, I think having people from sort of the broader remit as well, um, I think has brought a lot to the project. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's not something that I would have ever applied for if I if it hadn't come directly through uh, the RNCM mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. me knowing that they, I mean, it's a school of musicians. Yeah. They must want yeah. know, somebody that's not a psychology student. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we've been talking kind of inter-team 
about our, you know, all the student partners and how we work together. But I think it's not just us. Obviously, we have you coordinating. Um, but you've been really conscious about reducing that kind of supervisor-student gap, uh, and that's a big part of co-production anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we we touched on this in in the other episode, but asking us to make decisions and trust ourselves as a team, asking us to review each other's work and not kind of waiting for you to give approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in a way, some of those things come from the fact that you're a large team. Mm. So in terms of more traditional management, that makes sense anyway. But really for... um, you to build up the skill set you need and take ownership it kind of needed to come from you didn't it so you were signing up for work packages you were making decisions how you were doing it and you were reviewing each other's work and to start with I gave some guidelines around that Mm. Um, you know asking people to say two things that they thought were strengths of a piece of work and then look to um uh, say what they thought would improve it as well. So um, I sort of gave guidance and then it, it just came very naturally, really. And whenever you do anything within the group, like you do a practice facilitation session or a practice presentation, it's always you that gives feedback on yourself mm. first, which I think is a common thing that's done in sort of teacher training, facilitator training. Um, and that's really important because it's acknowledging the fact that as you've done that, presentation or that facilitation you'll have learnt so it's for you to say first Mm. what worked for you and what didn't you know what you'd want to do differently as soon as you've done it you know (laughs) so it kind of acknowledges the fact that you're going to grow and grow into these um, roles and and that you'll all do them all your own way Mm -hmm. so no two people will facilitate the same way and I think, um, you know, either that's come from within the team as well. You're sort of having people find your own voice and their own way of doing things rather than trying to replicate what somebody else is doing. Yeah. Part of, part of what you've done really well, in my opinion, uh, is not handing over your powers and handing over your job to us. Um, but enabling us to do what we're best at and and find what we're best at. And I think that links in really well because our relationship as evaluation coordinator and student partners, um, we've modeled that and experienced that. It's been really useful then when we're working with service users because we kind of understand how that should feel and kind of markers I suppose that we're we're looking for and we want to create that for the service users because we felt how empowering that is for ourselves and I suppose I've had that experience from other people in other <laughs> workplaces yeah. or other environments so I know what it feels mm. like when you're supported to uh, yeah do do what you want to do in your own way and I know when what it feels like when you're not so I think when you have the embodied experience of it, mm. that's when you can share it with other people. Um, 
and and I was part of your when you were doing your trial workshops I came in as a sort of pretend participant yeah. and I honestly sharing my mental health journey so in a way there was a nice flip there wasn't there mm. and so as project coordinator I also know what it feels like for those service users mm. I've sat have sat in their seat and I think it's really good to have that full experience we can empathise with them because we've done it. Yeah. We know what it feels like. We know what the vulnerability feels like. Yeah, that was a big eye-opener for me as well when we did those trials and the, the kind of things that we're asking service users to share. Um, I think I didn't quite have that understanding when we did the pilot workshops. Mm -hmm. And obviously, a lot of us talk to friends about mental health and whatnot, but we're we're strangers to these service users. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're asking them to share really personal things. Um, and I think it's important that we, we understand how much we should be valuing their expertise and their willingness to be vulnerable yeah. with us. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've given you a certain level of trust, haven't they? Mm. One of the things that Toby said was that during the... UCL project um, which he and Anvita uh, worked with some of our London partners on uh, they shared why they personally were interested in mental health and how they came to be partners which kind of eased the mood and I think that's a that's an important part that we've learned from our workshops as well that sharing a bit about ourselves makes service users feel infinitely more comfortable than being vulnerable and sharing their their experiences with the service i think um it's the yeah you're working with service users but you're not student researchers mm. so you're not there with the white coat <laughs> and the clipboard yeah you want to build a different relationship with them which might be a lot more casual than yeah. Um, if a researcher, qualified researcher, <laughs> was doing this. And that's the point. They can talk to you in their own language, on their own terms, about your shared experiences, about being at university, and you can talk back to them equally as casually. Mm. So in a way, we've not formally said, you know, this is about you asking them questions and you're not to share. Um, you know when it's appropriate to say, you know, a little bit of, yeah, I've experienced that too, or... Mm. And I think that's what makes the approach different. It's not necessarily that our methods are remarkably different, but it's more the approach you have, um, the space you create for them that is different. Mm. It's going back to that common ground thing. We have enough common ground to, to stand on and to, to build that kind of relationship, whereas it, it, it may not always be appropriate for like you to run a workshop that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I've seen the way that you respond to them. You can use different language and different mm. terms and empathise in a different way because it's a peer-led thing, whereas for me it would have been, there would always be a distance, I think. You know, the way that you can ask going deeper questions is very different to the way that I would. Mm. Um, so you can build that rapport. You, you can hear their story for them help them articulate it and then acknowledge it yeah. uh, very fully. Yeah. I think one of the biggest tools that you brought for us working with service users was the both and, so using and rather than 
dismissing someone else's experience and saying, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't how I experienced it. Because um, it places value on both people's experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I notice there's a phrase that people use a lot at the moment is for me. For me, I find, mm. and I, it's suddenly started to become more common, and um, in a way it's the same thing, isn't it? Somebody is saying, this is my experience, but I'm not expecting everybody's to have been the same. Yeah. Or they might say it after somebody's expressed what they've said, and they're like, and they kind of acknowledge that, and then say, and mine was different. Mm. I think that's... Um, a kind of just a being able to hold that perspective is a life skill, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very much in the ethos of co-production and it being mm. a collaborative experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Vita wanted us to point out that the right to pass was incredibly important for service users feeling safe and respected, uh, and building that relationship where they can be vulnerable. Um, also having the option to Yes, yeah, and yeah, I and I think that's important in our team as well. People can share as much or as little as they want. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Trust Me, I'm a Student. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week for part two. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Trust Me, I'm a Student, and there we have tons of links and stories if you want to know more about co-production or if you want to read our show notes, which is a PDF summary of the show. If you'd like to know more about our evaluation project, you can find us at Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service Evaluation on Facebook. We'd like to note that, unfortunately, we cannot offer mental health support through any of our channels, and if you're in need of that, you should contact your local crisis line, GP, or University Mental Health Service. Thanks so much to the University of Manchester for running this evaluation project, and to the Office for Students for funding it.